Amen? Glory to God. So, tonight, how many, how many remember what I preached last week on Wednesday night? <laughs> what was it? Thankful. Being thankful, right? And so, tonight, I'm going to just kind of... Uh, add to that. We're in the thankful season. We're in the Thanksgiving season. And so um, tonight I, I'm going to bring a little stronger word in regards to Thanksgiving. But um, the title of my message is The Authority of a Thankful Heart. I, t- I told you last week that thankfulness is a weapon to use, to be being thankful. Because what, what's the opposite of being thankful? being ungrateful and unthankful, right? You just need to hear it said. The opposite is being unthankful and ungrateful. And uh, we, we live in a world, we live in a place where it's very easy to be unthankful and, and you know, almost aggravated because of what people do and situations sometimes that we face. And, uh, and so... I'm telling you tonight that being thankful is a weapon, and it will work for you in amazing ways, and, the, and, and the, the tidbits from the Word tonight that I'm giving you is to empower you to use that weapon. So the title of my message again tonight is The Authority of a Thankful Heart. Um, and I, and I want to I think of two things tonight. I want to think about what it means to be in the world, and then I want to think about what it means to be in Him. In the world and in Him. In the world is sorrow and fears and sadness, tribulation, distress, frustration, and, and many other things, but they're all pretty much tied to all those, those words that I just used right there. But I want to think about tonight what it means to be in Him so that as we live in the world, we don't have to live of the world. We don't have to live in and be controlled by all the things that the world wants to do to you and I, but we can frame our worlds, the world that you live in can be framed by the Word of God. Amen? Ephesians 2.10 gives you and I a a picture of where we're at today. Ephesians 2 and 10. For we are His workmanship, created where? In Christ Jesus. For what? Good works. Which God prepared beforehand that that you should walk in those good works. So everything that he prepared, and Jessica mentioned this earlier, that, that certain things were for us even before we were thought about, before we were even created. When we were in our mother's womb, God had a plan for your life, and the plan was intended for you to walk it out, <laughs> not just talk about it, not just think about it, not just hope that it's going to happen, but he, it was intended for you and I to walk it out in uh, just back up in that same chapter, 
in verse, just verse 1 and 2, he says, And you he made alive, who were dead in trespasses and sins, in which you once walked according to the course of this world, according to the prince of the power of the air, the spirit who now works in the sons of disobedience. And you once were that. Right? But, but that's not who you are anymore when you're in Him. If you're going to stay in the world in the world's way of thinking, then you're going to stay with all the things I just mentioned. But if you choose to stay in Him, then I'm just telling you ahead of time and, and at the beginning of my message tonight that the world doesn't have to control you and all of its little attributes that want to yell and scream at us and tell us this the way it is, it's not that way. Now, if you're in Him, if you and I are in Him, then we have, number one, peace. If we're in Him, we have peace. Just follow with me. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to read a bunch of scriptures, but I'm just going to read through these to get to my point. John 16. If I'm, if I'm in the world, and I live in the world, and I allow my my emotions and everything to be consumed by the world, then I'm going to be what I said earlier. I'm going to be sorrowful and fearful and sad, and, and I'm going to be in great tribulation all the time and distress and frustration. But notice what Jesus said, 33rd verse of John 16. These things I have spoken to you that in me, in me, everybody say in me, We're talking about being in Christ versus being in the world. These things I have spoken to you that in me you may have peace. In me you may have peace. So being in Christ creates a peace. He said in the world you will have tribulation. But be of good cheer because I've overcome the world. So if I'm in Him, then what am I? I'm an overcomer because He is. As a result of being in the peace that was paid for for me to live in. I can live in peace of mind and not be frustrated no matter what the heck's going on out there. Can you say amen? Being in Him creates, as Jessica was saying earlier, being in Him is to be in love. John 15, just back up a chapter. John 15 and verse 7. If you abide in me, in Christ... And my words abide in you. Ask what you desire, and it shall be done for you. By this my Father is glorified, that you bear much fruit, so you will be my disciples. Verse 9. As the Father loved me, I also have loved you. Abide in my love. So if you abide in Him, then you abide in love. Right? If you keep my commandments... You will abide in my love just as I have kept my Father's commandments and abide in His love. So being in Him versus being in the world will cause you to live your life in the love of God. Not just talking about the love of God. You can read books about the love of God. You can read books and and all kinds of articles about what it means to be in love. I want to be in Christ so that when I'm in love, I'm in love the right way. There's different types of love, but the unconditional love of God is what you and I can live in and experience every day of our life when we're in Him. 
When I'm in Him and I'm not in the world, I live in the joy of the Lord. Look at the next verse, verse 11. These things I have spoken to you, that my joy may remain where? In you, and that your joy may be full. Dang. That my joy would be in you, and that your joy would be full. Think of it. My joy, I, I, I mean, I, I picture, I, I picture, throw, throw me that water bottle right there, Lee. Okay, so this is my container. Okay, so this is my container. His container is this room. <laughs> and his container is full, and he fills up my container. So there's no end, there's no reason not to be full of joy if I'm in Him. You want to sacrifice His wife? It does. See, because, see, if I'm trying to fill this with this, there's no end to it. So if I get out of this, and I get poured out, and there's nothing in it, all i got to do is get back in, and it just fills right back up. Can you say amen? See, that the fullness... The fullness of his joy that fills my joy to overflowing. See, but he wants it that way for this is his container, and that's my container, and I, I got to have this to be filled up. Hmm? And, and in the world is much tribulation. And there's all kinds of stuff trying to, to drain your bottle and your container, trying to drain you and suck you dry constantly. Just think of his container. It's limitless. Think of a container this big. I mean, we've got two of them out back here. We've got, how much water do we have out back? 130,000 gallons of stored water back here. See, if we ever do run out of water like they've threatened that it will, we'll be good. You just come up here and fill up your containers up here. We got 130,000 gallons of stored water. Can you imagine what that'll look like in 30 years from now? Because we're going to have a fire in here, and and concrete doesn't burn real well, right? So 30 years from now, can you think about what that 130,000 gallons of stored water going to look like? You may want to take a swim in it, or but his is unending. Can you say Amen? If we're in Him and we're not allowing ourselves to be in the world, we're overcomers. 1 John 4, 4. For greater is He that is in me. No, it doesn't say that first. You're of God, little children, and have overcome them. Because He who is in you is greater than he that's in the world. So if I'm in Him, instead of being in the world, the greater one's in me. And so I overcome every situation that I face. How many of face some situations as of late or at different times in your life that seemed like that the situation was going to overpower you. But the situation was from the world. And he said, the one that's in you is greater than, that's in the, than that that is in the world. 
And, and, and if we know that and we live that way and we keep developing that, allowing His Word to be a part of our life and to control us and remind us every day, it's a win-win. So you may get up one day and it seems not so good, and you may get up the next day and it still doesn't seem good. You may get up the next day and it seems even worse. Constantly reminding yourself that the one in you is greater than the one that's out there. Amen? If I'm in Him and I choose to stay in Him, instead of allowing the world to control what I do, I live in that in, as an overcomer. And the fifth thing is, if I'm in Him instead of in the world, I'm a conqueror. And actually in Romans chapter 8 and verse 35, it says, Who shall separate you from the love of Christ? Watch this. So he's asking you and I this question. Shall tribulation or distress or persecution or famine or nakedness, or pearl, or sword, or, you know. Shall any of those things separate me from the love of God? Well, the question is answered not just by you, but it's answered in direct correlation to where you are. Are you in Him? Are you in the world? And I'm going to define that even a little, little farther in just a moment. That's where it's answered. For he says in verse 37, Yet in all of these things, we are more than conquerors through Him who loved us. And watch what Paul says here. I'm persuaded. In other words, that none of those things are able to separate me from the love of God, which is where? In Christ Jesus. So, we live in the world. We live, we live just for the sake of a play on words, we live and our residency in the natural realm is on planet Earth. But where God wants us to live is in Christ, not in the world's system and the world's way of thinking. That's what He wants you delivered of. That's why we preach the Word here. That, that's why we do everything that we do to create an atmosphere for the Word to be preached so that you can receive it and do something with it. Amen? You know why? Because life is a race of endurance not a sprint. Life is an, a race of endurance. It's not a sprint. Hebrews chapter 10, look at that real quickly. Hebrews 10 and verse 35. Therefore do not cast away your confidence which has a great reward for you have need of endurance so that after you've done the will of God, you receive the promise. You have need of endurance. I say it again, you have need of endurance. This life that you and I live, it, it's, it's, it's a race of endurance. It's not a sprint. And it's not, 
it's not just, life is not just a bunch of different episodes of these sprints that we try to do well. I'll try it for a while. No, it's, it's, it's an endurance race that is to the end. It's to the end. And all along, all the things that I've read to this point, think about what Jesus has said. In the world is tribulation. Be of good cheer, I've overcome the world. I'm an overcomer if I live in Him. How do, how, do I, how do I live in Him? We read it in John 15. If you abide in me and my words abide in you, ask what you will and those things will be done and they'll be accomplished. I, again, it's a win-win for you and I. Can you say amen? <clears throat> this, is, this is what I've found. That if I stay in Him, then I stay focused on His example in Scripture. I stay focused on the covenant connection that I have with Him. When I stay in Him, meaning I stay in His Word, and I allow the Holy Spirit to reveal the Word to me day to day, what it does is it creates, as we're talking about tonight, this authority or weapon of thankfulness as we go before God because our focus is on the covenant that we have with Him. Our focus is on the example that we see of Him in Scripture. The faith and the inspiration and the joy that comes from seeing through Scripture the life of Jesus and the results of His life in the earth. All of those things become, and I've noticed in myself, when I stay in Him, that's where my focus is. It's not on, it, my focus, even though things are trying to rob me of my joy, things are trying to rob you and I all the time of, of, of what God has established inside of us, right? Right? It, aren't circumstances trying to rob you of stuff that God's put inside of you? Yes. But when I stay in Him and I stay aware of His presence, that's not my focus. My focus is on His example and His covenant and the joy that we just read in Scripture. That joy that, 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 joy that His never-ending supply fills me up with all the time. Constantly filling and refilling and refilling. See, if you're not in a refilling position, you're going to run out. You ever tried to drive your car past what it says in there that it can go? My friend Steve did the other day. We got an agreement, and, and he drove it past that because he didn't realize where he was, where, how far to the next gas station that he was pulling a trailer. And, and we got an agreement, and it worked. Amen? He went, I don't know how far past what it says he was going to run out. Well, faith works because God honored it even in the midst of what he had to face, see? But in normal life, when it says you're going to run out, you run out. And you've got to fill it back up. I'm telling you in the life you and I are living out here, the life that we live out here, if you're not constantly being filled up through the supply of God, through the person of the Holy Spirit, I mean, you get, you get wore out beat up, and left for dead. 
Because the devil doesn't care about you the least little bit. Amen? Now watch this. What I'm going to share with you right here. Courage that we just read in that scripture right there. The word courage is defined as the will and the choice to fight. The will and the choice to fight. Courage. The will and the choice to fight. Because discouragement comes when you're separated from your courage and your will to fight. I'm going to say it again. Discouragement comes when you're separated from your, from your courage and your will to fight. Joshua 24 Joshua 24, look at this verse. You'll probably see it on the screen, but go back and look at this. And if it seems evil to you to serve the Lord, choose for yourselves this day whom you will serve. Whether the gods which your fathers served that were on the other side of the river or the gods of the Amorites in whose land you dwell. Here's a choice. But as for me and my house, we'll serve God. As for me and my house, by choice, we will serve God. Deuteronomy, 30th chapter, just back up a book, 19th verse. I call heaven and earth as a witness today against you, that I have set before you life and death, blessing and cursing. Therefore, choose life. And I can say it like this. You can read this like this, and you can go to Romans chapter 10 and see where this is in Scripture in the New Testament. But this is what he says. <clears throat> I'm going to word it like this. I call heaven and earth as a witness today against me that what's been set before me is the spirit of the world and the spirit of God. The thinking of the world and the thinking of God. The ways of the world and the ways of God, being in the world versus being in Christ. It's set before me today. The command is choose the Spirit of the Lord. Choose life. He said, choose life that both you and your descendants will live, that you may love the Lord your God, that you may obey His voice, and that you may cling to Him, for He is your life and the length of your days, and that you may dwell in the land which the Lord swore to your fathers, to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. So it's a choice for you and I to choose the ways of God versus the ways of the world. And it's not a trick test. It's open book. We have the book. There's no excuse for me or you or anybody on planet earth that has any revelation of the word going into them. There's no excuse. I mean, there's reasons why. Why? Because there's tribulation. There's the world. There's the spirit of the world. There's things coming against us all the time. And, there's, and we get tripped up at times. But he said, be a good cheer. Hmm? Be a good cheer. 
Know that my mercy and my grace are new for you every morning. They're, they're there. They're waiting for you every morning to empower you to make the right choice, to go before God and say, Lord, I thank you today. Lord, I thank you for the authority that you've given me, and I thank you today that no matter what things look like, your word is more true. The greater one is in me. I overcome those that are in the world because of that greater spirit on the inside of me, and I choose today to not be moved but to trust you. Remember the message we taught not too long ago about the safe place. Those who trust in the Lord, they live and abide in that safe place, right? That safe place. It's safe to trust God. I'm telling you, it is safe to trust God and not be moved by what you see. Can you say amen? Back to Joshua, first chapter, sixth verse. Be strong and of good courage. What does that mean? Making a choice to fight. I'm making a choice that I'm going to fight in this situation. I'm, I'm going to come against in this situation. I'm going to war in this situation. I'm not giving in to this situation. I'm not giving in to the attacks and the things that are coming against me. I'm, 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 I'm of a good courage, he says. Be strong and of good courage. For to this people you shall divide an inheritance in the land which I swore to their fathers. Only be strong and how courageous? Very courageous. That you may observe to do according to all the law or the word of God which Moses my servant commanded. And verse 8 says, And this book of the law shall not depart out of your mouth, but you shall meditate in it day and night, that you may observe to do according to all that is written in it. For then you'll make your way prosperous, and then you'll have good success. Have I not commanded you? Be strong and of good courage. Do not be afraid, nor be dismayed. For the Lord your God is with you wherever that you go, no matter what. He'll never leave you nor forsake you to the ends of the earth. The empowerment of God is on the inside of us. So we can turn that empowerment around toward the world and be thankful for how great God is. And he'll fill you up continually all the time. No matter how much you get depleted in a day, you come back to God. You you, you remain in the things of God. You remain in his presence Continue to renew your mind on a regular basis with the Word of God, and you cannot be defeated. I'm telling you, because God is true. God is absolutely true, and His Word works. Can you say amen? So, here's the thing. Tonight. There's two things that I just hear in my spirit tonight. I hear this. Two things that I believe from Scripture. In fact, turn to John 4, and I want to read this and give you these two things. John 4 and verse 4. Two things. Thankful authority comes from staying in Him and then finishing the course. 
That, you, what, what happens when you don't want to be thankful about something? What, 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 what eventually happens? Eventually, you turn inward, and many times, instead of just being thankful by faith, you want people to pity you. Anybody ever notice that? Don't raise your hand. You ever notice that? So the faith that it takes to be thankful only comes from staying in the Word and then continuing the course in the Word in the area that you're in. It's not a one-time thing and you get to the end of something and you've arrived. It's every situation that you face. That thankfulness becomes a weapon because then, then when the potential for self-pity comes back, you're able to cut the legs off that thing and give it no power to work against you. And if it won't work against you, think of what you can do for other people. The fact that you don't need recognition or you don't need to have to talk about a situation over and over and over again. You don't need that recognition because, because you're in that safe place with Him. Trusting in God is a safe place, and it's an empowering place. But there's more to it than just what you hear when you hear a message. And the part that is more is all the parts that relate to each one of our individual lives where we have to overcome a situation that our flesh wants us to get involved in. <laughs> we want to get ugly or angry. We want to waller in self-pity. We want to be jealous of things or frustrated with things, or we want to have this attitude that other people know that we're being bothered by what's happening. We don't have to. We don't have to allow those things to rule and control our lives. Why? Because we can be thankful for how great and awesome that God is. It's amazing the songs that were sung tonight, so applied to this word that, that God has given me over the last few weeks and months about, about this time of the year, about being thankful, and how important it is to overcome situations. Jessica mentioned about family members. You know, this time of the year when we all get together at Thanksgiving and you're with family members sometimes that you don't see any of the time of the year, that there's issues and attitudes and stuff, you know, and, and, what, and it's, it's kind of like some of those things can get put in a bag and put a twist tie on and you throw it in the corner till the next year. And then about a month out, you start dreading being around them. Oh my God, got to do it again. No, we don't. I'm just telling you today, if you're going to be with family during Thanksgiving and you dread somebody that's going to be there, man, let them be a bullseye. Let them be a target in your life. I'm a target there. And remember, remember, don't look for any results. Don't look for you to say a couple of nice things and then they're going to be all buddy-buddy all with you. It never works out, ever. Remember, the love of God that you get to live and operate in as a result of being in Him is unconditional. <laughs> yeah. 
See, see oh, yeah, yeah, being in him, the love of God, yeah, all that. No, 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 no. Walking in the love of God is messy. It's ugly. It's kind of nasty sometimes. I mean, because, man, you're going to walk in love, and, and man, you, you know, you, you have visions of putting your hands around people's necks, and you're walking in love. You know, you've got to back up, and you've got to deal with yourself. And I, No, I, I'm, I'm, I'm not going to allow this to happen. I'm not going to go there with that kind of... I mean, th- there's so much more to this life with God and the things I've just talked about that empower us to overcome in situations, but there's so many different types of circumstances that are involved, and that's why we've got to be in the Word. We've got to be in Him. Because if you're meditating on worldly things, you'll live offended, you'll stay offended, you'll stay angry, you'll stay frustrated, you'll stay all the things that living in the world produces. God doesn't want us to allow those things to rule and produce in our lives. And we got work to do here. we got people all over planet Earth to be saved. We have people all over planet earth that need to see that covenant that you and I see in him when we, when we meditate and bathe ourselves in scripture. We need people to be able to see that covenant through us. When we meditate and we bathe ourselves in the word of God and we begin to see the joy of the Lord, man, the world needs to see that joy coming out of us. And to practice that stuff and to get over the other stuff from the world Man, it's a lot of work. They never told me that. Man, last 37 years, I mean, it's been a fight. But that's what courage does. It empowers you to stay the course, get in the fight, and go to the end. Hmm? I can do it. Not in my own strength. Man, there's days I feel like I'm going to come to the end of myself. But when I'm weak, he becomes strong. Hmm? There he is. Man, he's, there he is. He's, he's balancing me. He's, he, he's pushing me. He's strength. Oh, we got this. We got this. And, and that's what he'll tell you. We got it. We got it. It's all right. It's a tough day, but we got it. We got it. We got it. I've already won. I've already done it all. Just stay with me. Stay in me. Come on. No, 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 no. Don't get out there. No, 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 no. Pull those words back. Come on. Bring them back in. Stuff them back in. Don't let that stuff come out of your mouth. No, 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 no. Don't do that. Don't do that. That's what the world does. Don't allow yourself to say that kind of myth. Don't, don't react that way. Don't allow those kind of judgments to come. That's what the world does. Get, get all that stuff back. Old things are passed away. Everything is brand new. Right? Is that not right? Today is the day of salvation. And I'm out of time. Hold on. Where did I tell you to go? John 4, but we're not going to go there. I've got to end with this. Three things in this fight to think about this, and I'll give you these scriptures. If you can put them up for me real quick as, we, as I finish right now. Having the will to stay up And in the fight, having the will and the desire and and making the choice to stay in the fight does three things. What it does is it gives you the ability to press on 
in pain. 2 Timothy 4.7 When you've learned to make the choice to choose God and choose right, it empowers you to press on in pain. 2 Timothy 4.7 I fought the good fight, I finished the race, I've kept the faith. Right? So, the two things I just mentioned here that, that, I, that I said to you a minute ago, these two things are to be able to make the choice that I'm going to stay in the fight and then finish it. And, and making the choice is about 90% of the battle, and then the other 10% is just don't quit. Because the Bible tells us if we don't quit, we reap. Number two, when we stay up and we stay in the fight and we purpose to finish this thing, what happens is we stay aware of the enemy. We stay aware of the enemy. The the example that Jessica used about the guy that I saw in Gibson, see, the deal was he wasn't aware of the enemy. And what I helped him do was make him aware of what the enemy was doing to him. The enemy is trying to bring him down through unforgiveness and bitterness that he was holding on to. It'll never work. And there'll always be situations in your life. Oh man, I forgave all these people except this one. And that's the one that's draining. Sucking you dry. Sucking everything out of you. That one. It's a choice. And if you choose to stay in the fight and stay on top and you choose and you make the choice to finish what you've got to finish, like maybe this year you start with the one family member, I've done it. Some of them it took me eight or ten years. But I stayed my course and I'm reaping the fruit today. All my family's been saved. And then all my family that are My stepbrothers and sisters, they're all getting saved now. Why? Because I've stayed the course. You know why? And along the way, I've been aware when the enemy wanted to trip me up, I've stayed aware of what the enemy could do and try to trip me up and keep keep me from staying in the fight and keep me from finishing. Uh, What was the verse I gave you? I didn't give you one. First Peter 5, 8, and 9. We got that? There it is. Be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary, the devil, he walks about like a roaring lion, seeking whom he may devour. Verse 9, resist him. Steadfast in the faith, knowing that the same sufferings are being experienced by your brotherhood that's in where? <laughs> the world. So everybody's going through it. Whatever you're going through, I promise you they're going through it. But if we go through it in Him, then what they experience and what comes on them and overtakes them, it doesn't have to overtake us. Win-win, right? And the third thing is that staying in the fight, making a decision, I'm going to get through whatever issue comes my way, what happens is I stay disciplined because of what I'm teaching myself. 1 Corinthians 9 and 24. 
Do you not know that those who run in a race all run, but one receives a prize? Everybody say one. Now just take that finger and point it at yourself and say, I'm the one. One receives a prize. Run in such a way that you're the one. <laughs> huh? Run in such a way that you're the one. Verse 25. And everyone who competes for the prize is temperate in all things. Now they do it to obtain a perishable crown, but we for an imperishable crown. Therefore I run thus, not with uncertainty, thus I fight, not as one who beats the air. I'm fighting on purpose. I'm not fighting people. Fighting the enemy. Amen? I'm fighting the fight of faith. See, the devil's defeated, but what he brings to us is smoke screens and things and offenses and roots of bitterness and things to, to spring up to try to keep us from accomplishing what God put us here to accomplish. Can you say amen? This, uh, this last week, I'll give you this story and then I'm, I'm done. This last week, well, the last two weeks, I've had a couple of good friends of mine that have been diagnosed with terminal diseases. Both of them very young and, you know, young like me. And, uh, and in, in talking to both of them, it's made me realize how short life can be when we're not in Him. And how that when my life, if my life is not in Him, the Bible doesn't say reports don't come. The Bible doesn't say that things don't happen. But when they happen, where do they find us? I want to be found in faith. I want to be found in Him. Because when things come or if things come or stuff that happens in life, happens in the world, happens in the church, but God's overcome the things of the world. So when it comes, if what we're talking about tonight is a part of us and it's working in us, those reports can't steal our joy, can't steal our life, they can't control our destiny and our future. Why? Because we framed our own individual world with the Word of God. And as I was talking to these people this last couple of weeks, so I've talked with them and, and prayed with them and spoke over their lives and over their bodies and all that, all that stuff... What I could say to him was, God is faithful. And that's the safest place to live, is in the presence of God. Life can be really short if you don't know who you are. And life, compared to eternity, that you and I were created to live in, 
We were created to live in eternity. How, how long is eternity? Nobody knows. But this little pit stop of 100 years, 120 years, however long you're going to live on planet Earth, this is just a pit stop to eternity, right? It's just a pit stop. And this whole time we're here, what we're doing is learning to grow up and be who God created us to be in spite of all the issues. Because, see, when you're in heaven, there's nothing to come against your faith in heaven. And so that's a great thing, but there's real profit in things coming against you and you still trust in God even though the things in the natural look another way. That's what real profit is. God wants us trusting him and having faith and confidence in him no matter what we deal with and no matter what the issues are or whatever comes against us. Can you say amen?